Hello, Absolute Worldy listener, and welcome back to the isolation season of the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. Hello, Kyle. Hi, Joel. This is episode four, is it not? It blooming well is. Episode four. Who knew this would last this long? Everyone. Everyone knew this would last this long. <laughs> How are you, Kyle? How is your isolation? How is your lockdown? Uh, I'm so hungover today, Joel. What did you do last night? I might not sound it. I might sound full of life and joie de vivre. But last night we had a wine tasting um, with friends where someone's bright idea was to go to uh, M&S and buy the mini bottles, a whole range of them. And then we do like a tasting. Um, So we all went to different M&S's and bought them. And when I looked at the back of these bottles, they're 250 mil, which is um, two glasses, two small glasses. Um, so Lindsay and I had one glass each of each bottle, and then but then we drank these six bottles in about an hour. So you drank six glasses of wine in an hour. Yeah, that and then hour. we did a, a Zoom quiz, and I passed out. You passed out mid Zoom quiz. No, at the end. But there is <laughs> there is photo evidence of me. Like I I didn't remember this obviously because I passed out. But yeah, this morning on our little quiz uh, WhatsApp group, there's me on the sofa splayed oh mate smashed it that's a that's winning that's winning lockdown did you get extra points in the quiz for passing out i think they're all being sort of nice to me this morning by not talking about it which makes me think i did it was bad you know you get the fear oh no you've got the hungover fear and also you also had that thing which i've been finding which is when you drink with other people online at the end of it you realize that what you've been doing is sitting in your home drinking yeah Oh, awful. So much fear. Um, well, that's... I feel better now because this morning I got up and I uh, made a batch of cookies. Ooh, what kind of cookies? Um, well, I actually I decided today as I was making them to christen them because, um, you know, like when you were kids and you'd have like, we had like a family recipe. So now I have a family recipe of biscuits and they're called, in homage of a certain event, Fernando's. Why are they called Fernando's? Because they are fake Ben's cookies. You know the the brand Ben's cookies. Yes. Um, I think you. I think they're all over England, but maybe they're only in London. I don't know. Anyway, the illustration for the logo and stuff is by Quentin Blake, which is nice. Right. Um, but Ben's cookies, the one in in um, Carnaby Street. I was in there by myself. Ben's cookie and Fernando Lorente, the, the who played for Tottenham at the time, uh, was in there with his family, and I thought. He shouldn't be in those fatty biscuits, but I didn't say that. I got a photo with him, and then he went on to play a massive part in Tottenham's run to the Champions League final. Probably because of that photo with you, or maybe even because of the energy he got from eating that cookie. Other cookies are available. So you've called these cookies Fernando's in homage to him. So now, whenever I bake, I'll be like, Lindsay, I'm, I'm cooking up some Fernando's, and she'll be like, don't call them that. Well, I can't compete in the lockdown productivity. I didn't get very drunk last night. I haven't made any cookies and I didn't do a quiz either. Tell That's you what, not I did... quite true, Joel. You did, you did do something. You did some directing um, of the piece that we had already on the pod, one in three, that Math- Matthew Stubbs did so beautifully without direction. You thought, mm, I think you could do it better than that. Yeah, or you asked me to do it, but you know, whatever, either way. So there's this thing called National E Theatre, which is National Theatre with the E taken off the end of theatre and put on the beginning of theatre so it's like email yeah or like you know electronic i guess is what it means and they put on live in sort of inverted commas um theatre 
four nights a week, 7.30, theatre time. I've, I directed a piece, I think we already spoke about it in the pod maybe, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you wrote a piece mm. and last this, week or two weeks ago. And this time I got to direct your amazing piece of writing, which we've had some really lovely comments about. Uh, thank you very much if you wrote in uh, about one in three, the amazing piece of writing that Carl did about a Chelsea fan taking his non-binary child to the football. Uh, and we re- recorded it for posterity's sake with a uh, former guest of this podcast, Barry Brett McStay's uh, amazing National E-Theatre uh, uh, organisation. Check, check them out on Twitter at National E-Theatre and on YouTube at National E-Theatre. Uh, it's really worth watching all the amazing things that people within the little community that Carl and I belong to, the uh, acting and writing world, are doing. Uh, so that's what I've been up to. And it's been really rewarding. Thank you for that, Carl. I've got to say again, that piece of writing is just brilliant. Um, well, I like it, but I, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad it's football based. I'm glad we did it for the podcast and I'm glad that other people liked it as, as much as they did that we got to do it in other places. I did think that David Bedil might like it since he goes to Stamford Bridge a lot. And has, David, like, David Bedil, the, the one half of uh, Skinner and Bedil who recorded the original Three Lions. That's exactly the one I'm talking about. He goes to Stamford Bridge, he's a Chelsea fan, I think, or at least his brother is, and they have, that they've witnessed sort of anti-Semitism, racism, homophobia on the uh, basically the same thing that the guy's talking about in my piece i thought i'll i thought i'd tweet david Badil, so i did and he liked the tweet but he didn't retweet the tweet okay listener if you're if you're up for this we need your help tweet at david Badil. make sure he listens to or watches now possible to do both one in three by kyle ross uh because we think he'd actually enjoy it I think he, I like to think that he watched it, but you know, we're not very savvy on social media. We say it's pretty much every single episode. We don't know what we're doing really um, in that regard. And so maybe that would make a big difference if you retweeted it and more people, maybe that's the way to get people to watch it. Maybe if he likes it, people can see that he likes it. I don't know. I don't know, Joel. I should know. You should know. Why don't we know better? All right, we're just not we're just not meant for this world. Um, uh, but having said that, our call out for for new for people to get in touch with us has resulted in today's main segment. That's right, listener. You'll know that we've been asking you to get in touch with us on Twitter uh, at Weldy Podcast or email us absoluteworldypodcast at gmail.com with your bits and bobs and your little tits and tats about football. Maybe not really about football, just in general. We just want to chat to you, really. Uh, and our friend and also former guest of the podcast, along with her Plunge Theatre Collective, Tukku Barbaros, got in touch with us, didn't she, Carl? She did. And we're going to have a great chat with her about her chosen subject um, in just a moment. And then after that, we've got one of those Zoom quizzes you love. Doing too many of them? Why not do one more? Okay. That's right. Turn my headphones on. Okay, let's do this. Here we go. Hi, Tukku. Hi, Kyle and Joel. Yes, hello. How are you? Yeah, all right. How's your, how's your lockdown? It's okay. I feel like I'm just, I've just submitted to the fact that every day is going to be really different or that I'm going to be like optimistic slash fatalistic every day. And that's fine. Oh, that's a, is that, a, is fatalism something we should all be accepting? No, well, no, but just like, just, you know, like sometimes I'll be like, no, you mustn't think like that. But I'm like, nah, it's pretty normal. You're going to think like that in these times. Can I just say, Tukku, I found I found your social media output. You know, I, I've probably used it a bit more than normal, and your posts, sort of poems, almost, and like lyrical writings, 
Mm-hmm. I'm finding them really lovely. And uh, I read one the other day and it really made my day. So I was well, super glad when he got in touch with us about the Gary Neville thing. <laughs> I really appreciate that. That's good because you never know if it's like going out into the ether or if it will be helpful. If everyone's going to be like, oh, who's this wanker? Shut up. So everyone's a wanker tits. Be your own wanker. Yeah, that's true, especially these times. But <laughs> Not Gary, though. Gary's lovely. So what, what, what was it about Gary's behaviour that that made you Instagram us. You know, we're, we're stepping slowly, Joel, aren't we, into the 21st century. We get, like, sometimes people at us in Instagram and I have to sort of, I get a picture and I need to try and work out what's happening. We're getting there. Sure, Just sure. did it. What did you send us? So basically, it was the video of him talking about uh, what he's going to do with his hotels during coronavirus. And what is he going to do with his hotels during coronavirus? I'll tell you guys. So, okay, I was lucky I made notes, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so he got these two hotels that he owns with Ryan Giggs, the silent partner here. Um, and he's said that basically he's turned them all into rooms that NHS staff can sleep in for free, either if they're self-isolating from family to stop spread, um, or like if they just kind of need that space and stuff. And the two hotels are in Manchester. He's not making anyone redundant. Like all of the staff are getting paid leave. He's also operating the space itself as like best he possibly could. So like they've consulted with NHS. So like he got some criticism for like the rooms not being cleaned or something. But actually he'd consulted with NHS and it was like, it's much better to have skeletal staff as few people interacting as possible, which is obviously just like common sense. But I think it's interesting that Straight away, it was like, this guy's done this really good thing. And then everyone's like, nah, it's not that good. But yeah, I just think he always leads the way. Not always, but I think he, I think he's one footballer of like my time frame, I guess. Who, oh, dogs off, sorry. <laughs> who always kind of leads the way in terms of asking for accountability. And today as well. Did you see he was in the news today? No, tell us. Right. So today he's like done some interview where he said about, uh, looking at the Premier League and like calling out like the fat cats of football. I really like it when people use language like fat cats as well because you know it's nice to have that kind of Bugsy Malone tones of things. <laughs> so in, in in the Bugsy Malone analogy, which character is Gary Neville? Oh shit, I haven't seen Bugsy Malone in ages. I guess um, <laughs> who's who's like I reckon he's like the good guy but the underdog. Babyface. Yeah, I guess he must be Babyface. <laughs> should, we, should we tweet him that? Do you think he'd he'd like that? Um, I think we can make him like it, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I just think he's um I just think he's a really good ally and I think he always comes up at the right moment. Like he was really vocal about uh racism in football after general election. And then I found this story about him, Reva Hotels, because then I was like, Oh, you know, maybe he's just done a good thing now. But then I remembered this from when I was a kid and I was like, Oh yeah, this is amazing. So when they first bought the hotels, there was an instance of squatters squatting the building. And everyone was like, oh, again, like just kind of waiting for him to slip up. But him and Ryan Giggs just let the squatters stay. Isn't that nice? During his playing days, and I guess now as well, do you know he was known as Red Nev? Yes, I discovered this literally today. I was very excited by it. So it sort of feels very football-y that someone with a kind of left-leaning sort of potentially socialist head and heart would be just dismissed as Red Nev. But I'm so excited and happy that he's continued this after his playing days. And it's yeah, like, definitely. there's also just something in me that's like a, a lot of the criticism that seems to be leveled out at the moment. There seems to be a sort of pushback against the kind of attacking the, the sort of wealthier parts of society for their response to the crisis. And mm-hmm. it's just nice that one of the people who's like 
responding in the right way as a former footballer? It seems unusual. Yeah, and I think it's it's like it's a really exciting thing because I find um, people like like I'm not like a football person. I don't know what's going on with football most of the time unless it's like a like a World Cup. <laughs> I said that like it's a type of cup, uh, which I guess in many ways it is. Um, it very much is. A, a, I mean, it hasn't actually the World Cup hasn't got a a, vest, a receptacle. You can't drink out of it. I think it should be called the World Trophy. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't like roll off the tongue as much. Well, I'll try it. Yeah, I mean, okay. and we do know that you like the World Cup because we watched it together. Yes, we did. We did. I do enjoy the World Cup because, all right, the reason why is because it's like that, like community vibe that everyone is suddenly just like into this thing. And I, I think there's not that many times in society where we have like a collective thing that we're all interested in and rooting for. And I think, like, I think with Gary as well, like he he pushes for that. Like, like Gary is someone that makes my life easier like when it comes to like talking about social justice and campaigning to people that don't maybe don't actually really want to talk about it but who do really like football so I can be like oh you know Gary Neville said something interesting it's really helpful to have those kind of mouthpieces in totally other environments to kind of be able to talk to or talk on your behalf and stuff and I think Gary's one of those people and I think he's really conscious of that also he does a lot of it on like Murdoch's media which I think is really exciting and interesting do you fancy Gary Neville? I, I'll be honest with you, I do not fancy Gary Neville. No, I don't either. No. I mean, I think he's great. There's a thing, right, when fame with famous people, this is, happens outside of footballers as well as, 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 well as non-footballers. There's a yeah. thing where it's like, if, they, if I like their personality, in some ways I fancy them less. So you know how we're like normal oh, people? Oh, that's interesting. You know how that's normal a- people, you get to know them and they're a lovely person and then therefore you, you feel uh, attracted to them more. With a famous person, I'm like, I just want to see you aesthetically. I don't care about your personality. Oh, that's interesting. See, I'm, I tend to be the other way around, but Gary's just not a vibe for me. <laughs> I'm sure he's great. His brother, sure. his brother looked very good, Kyle, don't you think, when he was wearing the, the Gareth oh, really? Southgate waistcoat at the, at the Women's World Cup? Gary Neville and his brother Phil are your archetypal Englishmen on a global scale. Like they, they, they're not TV good looking. They're not, oh, they're not film good looking. looking. They're, they're sort of, they've got character faces. Okay, like, yeah. You know, for example, I don't know what you're watching at the moment. I decided to go way back. I'm watching Band of Brothers. Oh, sure, okay. Never seen it before, but all the all the characters playing English people, ugly as sin. <laughs> and it, so you can tell because, like, on on a global scale, English people, lots of money, bad teeth. <laughs> um, and that's Gary and Phil, I think. Who would play Who would play Gary Neville in a in the in the when they inevitably make coronavirus the film? Who would play Gary in the in the inevitable film that comes out when it's like, what am I going to do with my hotel? I've got a choice, but it, it, con- it contradicts my sort of plain looking theory. But then, you, you know, when you, when you are making a film, you've got to sex it up. So I'm going to go Andrew Scott. Ooh. Okay, that's interesting. That's quite good. Yeah, because I always make people like significantly, like, I, I always have a beef of like film adaptations of like Virginia Woolf and Vanessa Bell because I make them really sexy. They weren't sexy people. They look weird. <laughs> have you got a shout for playing Gary Neville then rather than Andrew Scott? Je- Genuinely, uh, I feel like 
or they'll or they'd choose someone like really good but like really misplaced you know like when they do that sometimes they get like eddie marson or like yeah. nicholas lindhurst or something You're like why did you choose that person just because they're white that was it <laughs> nicholas lindhurst is great casting for phil neville yeah oh really i'm gonna look him up <laughs> that's true um, I was thinking if you were going to like sex it up but keep it sort of fairly accurate although I'm fairly sure he's from Yorkshire who's the actor oh this is bad because I only know him from this who's the actor who played Neville in the Harry Potter films oh yeah oh perfect my um, oh my Matthew God, I Lewis name. Matthew Lewis yeah that's yeah. quite good I th- he would be like a good sexy Gary Neville but from the wrong yeah, side yeah. He's, he's from the wrong side of that divide though he's very much Yorkshire I think Matthew Lewis and if you can't yeah, get yeah. him Kelvin from Strictly Slash Emmerdale. Oh my god, yeah, no, that's actually a really good shout. Kelvin from Strictly. Yeah, he's got the body of a of a an athlete. Yep. And the face of a farmer. Do you think Gary's still do you think Gary's still keeping I mean I I really I don't want to bit demean after after this after we started on the amazing political things that he's doing. I don't want to demean (laughs) him. But like, do you think he's still got the body of an athlete? Yeah, he looks trim. I reckon so. Yeah. I I watched, this is a classic lockdown watch, which I'm sure neither of you are, are engaging in the level of YouTube rubbish that I am. I watched Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher being, doing on Sky Sports at some point, but it was on YouTube, uh, training to be referees. They had to do all oh, the- Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, Did you they, take to it well? Uh, they, they were, they were all right, actually. Jamie Carragher uh, was mildly better, marginally better. Was, was Gary Neville ever like a, like a sexy footballer? Like, would he have been in that category? No. I feel like he wasn't. He was, he, over, was. he played on the right side of, of the Manchester United defence and the player ahead of him on, on the right wing was David Beckham. And mm. so unfortunately, it was never, it was never, he was never seen in that light. That's a different look. I think he's sexier than David Beckham, 100%. Wow. Definitely. That's, that's a big call, Toots. David Beckham? Yeah. David Beckham. Legit David Beckham is very good looking, but I don't know how sexy he is. But I'd say Gary Neville's sexier. Gary Neville also did a lot for same sex kissing in football when he, after in celebrating a goal in the late 90s, absolutely smacked one on Paul Scholes. Oh my god, yeah, that was him, wasn't it? And it caused a bit of a, you know, at the time, a, a, a pretty, you know, uninspired media. It was, a, it was a, you know, that was a big story back in the day. Can you imagine? Two men yeah. nearly kissing on the mouth. Well, I read loads of stuff about loads of people cussing him. Like, obviously, this is very different. But, like, forgetting the hotels in the first place. People were like, oh, he's just another, like, rich footballer who's got hotels. Yeah, well, hotels are useful now. So that's that, in him. True. He has a weird yeah. relationship with this businessman. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Lim. Who, Peter. Peter Lim, who owns... So Gary Neville, along with many of his sort of peers from, from the era when he was most famous, um, uh, they own a football team. Mm. Um, Kyle, you want to talk about Salford for a second? Salford City took, there's like a documentary about these, the, the class of 92, it's the Neville brothers, Paul Scholes, Nicky Butt, David Beckham, Ryan Giggs. What if we buy a lower league football club? We've got the money have we, and we've got the passion. Can we make it work? They make it work. Like the club is now in the football league in in the fourth division of English football, and they okay. they want to keep taking it up and up and up. So basically, 
yeah, he, he's, he's got his fingers in so many pies. He's a football chairman. He is a hotelier. He's a, a national broadcaster. Uh, and he's Red Nev. What do you think he does to unwind? Can we speculate for a second? (laughs) Crochet? (laughs) I think he likes to watch old football matches where he did slightly below his own expectation and criticised the performance. Oh, that is so pure and sweet. I hope that's what he does. I reckon he's into sort of community choirs. Yeah. Oh my God, that's the next show. Oh, you love that as well. You've always wanted a chorus. Yes. Class of 92 meets Gareth Malone. Make it happen, BBC. Wouldn't that be stunning? Wouldn't (laughs) that be something? So I've never actually been to a football match. Well, because it was always like, and and like your monologue from last time, we touched on this, but like it's always been pitched to me as like somewhere where I shouldn't go because I'll get really upset. And then, yeah, like my my dad never really went because it was always like, yeah, I don't know. Just I've never had, all the people I know that go wouldn't think to clue me in. So it was actually... It's slightly been on my list of things that I think I should do just to get to get the experience, and I ain't done it. And now's so, not the time, is it? So. I was going to say it's a bad time to put that on your list. Uh, oh, the list is gone. I want a refund on my diary, man. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about if if the games come back and they're behind closed doors? How do you feel about watching football in front of an empty stadium instead? Not good yet. Yeah, me neither. I didn't I understand think... the question. What do you mean? Yeah, what... I didn't understand it, but it sounds very dystopic. Well, basically, there's, there's, the chances are that football's going to come back and we're all going to be watching it individually from our own homes on a video link. Yeah, but doesn't that just, like... That's so that's so stupid to me, because it's like, we all know it's more than just them, like, watching them play the game. It's about, like, the community value and the cheering and the shouting and the fun and the energy. How are you going to get that energy? Also, wouldn't it be shit for them? Yeah. I like, it's the equivalent of just recording, like, a Netflix special to a cameraman over and over and over again. But you know who'd appreciate it coming back? Gary um, Neville. Yeah, I guess he would. Because he gets to do his job again. Gets to yeah, be a- that's true. That, the thing I was going to say about Peter Lim, the, uh, the businessman who funds Salford City. That was a fun- really good segue there, actually. Thank well you. Who, who, funds <laughs> his, who funds his hotels. He also owned, or either, either did own or still owns uh, Valencia, who are... Um, Spanish football team and he made Neville the manager and Neville flopped in Spain as a manager mm. he was really bad uh, it was an, it's an interesting thing actually that he's such a successful pundit was a successful footballer and as you say hotelier and chairman but like <laughs> as a manager he was terrible uh, which is a funny one because I think for most people who like football they often spend their days at least I do uh, thinking about what they would be like as a manager what do you think you'd be like as a manager I think I would initially have a lot of success and then I would lose the dressing room and the trust of the players. And <laughs> I, I, would, I would get the sack. I feel like me and Gary have got similar politics and he, he was bullied quite badly as, as the shop steward initially for being red mm. Ned, And I feel like I don't have the kudos that he has to carry it through. Mm. What, do you, what do you think I'd be like as a manager? I mean, I, I would be excited to see what you'd be like as a manager, Kyle. I think if Tuku, when the highs are high, you'd be everyone's favourite manager. You know, you'd be, after a big win, you'd be like, guys, look, I'm getting the dominoes and we're also, we're going out on the lash and it's yeah. all on me. But then, you know, on a losing streak of three games, how are you going to G them up? I'm just going to want to go off and write a poem, aren't I? this is really inspiring me guys to write a poem can you give us some some sort of coaching no 
<laughs> that is the coaching. It's the poem. It's the... Yeah, exactly. You know, warming up in a different way. <laughs> I think I'd be the sort of manager that gets... I like that you were worried for a second that maybe neither of us were going to ask you, so you just announced. Well, I just thought for the editing purposes, it might be quicker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think that I'd be the sort of manager that gets decried by the horrible fans as a, a quote-unquote paedophile for promoting <gasps> younger players. Um, but unlike Wenger, I wouldn't be offended by being called that because everyone would know that I'm not really a paedophile for promoting youth. No, although you did say youth in quite a sinister way there. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think, see, I've worked, I mean, I can't really comment on because I've not really worked with you, but I've worked with you, Kyle, and I think you'd be great. I think you'd be very precise. You'd run a clean changing room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there'd be no, there'd be, yeah, I think you'd run a good, solid, well oiled, hygienic team there. Young, hygienic and young. <laughs> Oh, that makes it sound awful. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Young Hygiene FC. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, good's an interesting word. Um, uh, <laughs> so let's just quickly recap on why we like Gary Neville. He started off yes. at, at Manchester United as a kid. He was brought through as a teenager by legendary boss, Sir Alex Ferguson. He was a one-club man. He never left Manchester United. He played only for Manchester United. He also played for England. He was famously the shop steward in the dressing room called Redneck. Yep. And uh, he came to light for you because of his extraordinary decision to open up his hotels for both NH- is it both NHS workers and homeless people or is it just NHS workers? I think for the sake of Corona, it's just NHS workers, but the hotels had already been in the media a few years ago because they were being squatted and then you let the squatters stay there, I believe. But I don't know, it might have evolved in the last few weeks in terms of who's allowed in there. Um, and and uh, it's uh, nice at a time, as I, I think I said previously, uh, nice at a time when um, most of the time that footballers are in the news right now, it's not for positive reasons. It's nice uh, that you brought to our attention to something a little bit uh, softer and sweeter and lovelier. Oh, you know, you're welcome. <laughs> and also, Tootsie, you mentioned it yourself, your poetry. You yes. Know, I, I've, been, I've been tuning in for some great stuff, some great... Uh, you know insta stories and just your like your content how can mm-hmm. people find that uh i'm i'm on the internet as at kubarbaros it's just just my name do i spell that or are you gonna write it down somewhere it's quite long we'll and write it down um, <laughs> <laughs> sure they want a segment of just it's all right it's all right took, you, you just sounded like you just admitted that you don't know how to spell your own name do you know that i actually struggled to spell my own i can barely say it spell my own surname for years when I was at school because I'd always add not years until I was like five or something but I'd always add another bar into Barbaros so it was always like bar bar Barros just Ooh. struggled there it's a long um, name I think you should bring that back yeah bar bar Barbaros because I always introduce myself to people as toots all the time I've frequently found myself in situations where I, I don't I don't know who to email because I don't know what your full name is I'm like oh yeah, I do have a full name. <laughs> and it's Tuku Barbaros, which is where I'm at on Insta and Twitter. But we can take you to a football match when, it, when this all blows over. Well, it doesn't blow up. When, when we move, when we, <laughs> when we recover, we'll take you to a game, a live game, and we'll try and get all the crowd to sing Bar, 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 Barbaros. Bar, 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 Barbaros. Hey, and then... Yeah, also I often think about how we've discussed if you and I were to marry, which obviously you're married now, so that is, that dream is dead. 
but I'd have been Tuku Barbaros Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for coming on, Tuku. It's been so nice to talk to you. It's been a joy. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Everyone's talking about And we are joined by one of our regular correspondents on the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. It's Rowan McCloskey. Whoop, whoop. Weeping myself. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's isolation, Rowan. We have to take our kicks where we can get them. <laughs> yeah, got to do what we can. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I think we'll find this is my third time, which means this is my Worldy hat trick. It does. Well done, Rowan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Roman, we've called you in today. Um, you know, I'm sure you're spending a lot of your time on Zoom. Is that true? Yeah, a little bit of time on Zoom, for sure. Doing quizzes? Yeah, a lot of quizzes. Who knew? That's what we all wanted to do with our time. <laughs> well, you're doing so much of them, Ro. Guess what? We're going to do another one. Yes! This is I'm living a... for them. This is it. This is what's keeping me going. Thank God. Well, I hope you enjoy this one. This is a This Week's Worldie, followed by a Classic Worldie quiz. I'm going to ask you questions about this week. Joel's going to do Classic. It's going to be amazing. I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, just to be clear, you're competing with yourself, because Kyle and I know all the answers. <laughs> I can't wait. That's, that's the only way I like it. <laughs> so let's hope, let's hope you win. <laughs> oh, one of us will. Oh. Oh. Okay. You ready for the first question, Rowan? I am indeed. Okay. Don't worry, it's multiple choice. Oh, thank God. Barcelona has pledged an in innovative way of raising money to support the fight against COVID-19. Is it A, to permit the transfer of their star player, Leo Messi, to the highest bidder and donate all of the transfer fee? B, allow a corporate sponsor to rename their stadium for one year or C, to wear the name of their chosen charity on their shirt next season to raise awareness. Oh, uh, what was C again? Naming the stadium something different for a whole year. Uh, that's B. That's B. Oh. Well, let's, let's talk it through. Let's talk it through. Well, listen, thank you. I was, <laughs> it's really hard doing on your own without talking it through. <laughs> I think it's a difficult, because like... They all sound like they won't make too much difference in the world, don't I mean, they? Selling the, selling the best player in the world and donating the entire transfer fee, that might make a difference to Barcelona. That's quite huge. That, that, one, that one was like, that's a really massive thing. Is, is Barcelona the team being that selfless? Or... Do you know what? Because it's all we've got in COVID times, I'm going to go optimistic and go for A, even though I have a feeling it was B. It's awesome. not A. It is B. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> what, what, what's weird there is you, you got it right and wrong so Rowan got a point and Rowan didn't get a point <laughs> excellent I'm down for that <laughs> so Rowan would you fancy um sponsoring the Camp New Stadium for a year what, what, what would you put it what would you name it you can choose if you're paying oh oh well obviously I'd call it Rowan's Land or something <laughs> like that <laughs> You're right, that is obvious. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obvious. And welcome to the, our Champions League coverage of Barcelona versus Arsenal tonight. 
at the Rowan's Land Stadium. <laughs> Or simply at Rowan's Land? Is that what you want? Yes, I think it'd be like that. I don't think they'd add on the stadium. We'd all know it was a stadium, but it would just be Rowan's Land for a year. Wow. How much do you, much do you think they're going to raise for that? How much do you think a corporate sponsor is going to bid? I think there's a price. I think, they're, they're, I think there's a price that they want to raise. It's, I don't think it's negotiable. I think... Oh. Have, but then the kudos you would get as an organisation, I think someone will yeah. do it very quickly. They'll be, I think there'll be bidding wars, maybe they'll get more. I imagine so. What would be the most embarrassing thing that either of you could think of that would end up being the name of their stadium? <laughs> um, Tenerman Stadium. <laughs> well, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a laughing matter, men with, but you know, that's very, um, very old school joke, isn't it? I'll take that back, very crass. Was that Tenerman as in like the sanitary towel? For men. <laughs> what a, how did that come into your head, Kyle? <laughs> I just, I'd be very embarrassed if I had to wear them. But men all over the world have to wear them of various oh, ill I'm ages sure and ages. only be a couple of years that I'm wearing ten a woman. You know, these things happen. But that was just really lovely. I mean, I, did I think within five minutes of this we would be talking about male sanitary products uh, in case of your new incontinence? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for question two? Absolutely. Rowan, Newcastle United. You had a Newcastle? Newcastle, the Magpies. Bingo. Alan Shearer. The 90s, the Magpies. Carry on. They're in the process of being bought out by a new ownership consortium. Allegedly agreeing to a value of £300 million, this consortium's main contributor is... A. Richard Branson, Virgin Head. B. Yasser Al-Rumayan, Saudi finance gatekeeper. Or C, Reginald Dwight, Entertainment Kingpin? Mm. Mm. Well, the question, I'm not 100% sure I understood start to finish, but I think I know which I can still choose as an answer, which is, it's not going to be Reginald because he's with Watford. So he's not going to go around buying the magpies or doing well whatever done. the question was. Roman, you, you, you saw through my little trick there. You remember oh, that yeah. Reginald Dwight is Elton John from our Watford episode. Well done. <laughs> um, and I know someone that was run over in Watford once. Oh, yeah. Were they, were they a good person? <laughs> no, that was the end of the improv that I had there. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> I shouldn't have come in. I'm not very good at it. Um, I, so it's either um, Saudi something. And then A was who again? Richard Branson. Virgin. Right. Well, Virgin doesn't really have much money at the moment, so I don't think they're going around doing stuff with football clubs. I'm going for the Saudi B. You are correct. <sighs> Congratulations. We now have two, and Rowan only has one. Um, <laughs> it's, isn't this disgusting that football has reached such a low point in its own identity that it is willing to take money from Saudi Arabia. Uh, that was quite serious. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I've lowered the tone. But I don't know. I, I, there is supposed to be what they call a fit and proper persons test uh, to make sure the money is coming from reputable sources, um, ethical. I don't know how you can call billionaires ethical, but whatever. Um, I don't know how this chap is going to pass that. But then 
none of them would, I suppose. The ones who already have the clubs. So I was going to say, hard, like ninety percent of the money in football, if it was really tested, like that wouldn't be allowed in. And and who's making the test? What are they? You know, yeah. Question. Um, also, Richard Branson is trying to get the government to cover most of his losses, so maybe he has got the money. And also, I could totally oh. imagine him being like buying a club on the cheap right now. Could you? I would be so upset. Virgin, well, <laughs> Virgin City, Virgin United, Virgin Rovers, Virgin Tuesday. I really want to make a joke about that means that all the footballers would have to be like 40 something. <laughs> like I was making like a 40 year old virgin joke. Anyway, it didn't work. It's all right. <laughs> oh, I missed you, right? <laughs> Ready for question three? Yes, please, sir. Now, we've spoken a lot about Gary Neville on this episode this week. Oh. And we're going to continue with this question about Gary Neville. You know Gary? I do. Gaza? <clears throat> no. no. <laughs> That's Paul Gascoigne. I, know, I call them both Gaza. They get funny about it, but it's all right, really. They're all right about it. Good. As long as, as, long as they're all right with you doing it. Um, <laughs> Gary Neville has spoken out against injustice yet again, this time saying that clubs that choose to furlough their low-income their low staff should face a penalty. And I Ooh. don't mean a shot at goal, Roman. <laughs> that penalty is A, imposing a transfer ban B, exclusion from the FA Cup or C, having their new kit designed by children I think it might be uh, D, all of the above no, A, <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I think it's got to be A I don't think the children thing would be a punishment because that's actually quite good that's quite smart branding for a certain club to choose they should, they should hear that answer um and I don't think it would be a total ban from the FA. That feels quite dramatic. So I feel like stopping a team's transfer is actually punishment and beneficial for other teams. So I think that's what he's led with. You are correct. It's not being put, uh, not being picked out of the FA Cup. It's not the football shirt thing for children. It is the transfer ban. Oh yeah. Um, but funny enough, Rowan, mm. um, in Italy, where obviously they've been hit incredibly hard by Corona, um, a club did offer uh, an opportunity for children to design the kit. And I've just sent you a picture of it. Can you see it? Is that a real shirt? A hundred percent. Explain what you see. I can see a sort of, well, firstly, it's an electric blue t-shirt with a white collar, slightly veed. Then on, on it is a shot of a rainbow across with a sort of, a sort of skeleton dolphin <laughs> swimming in some waves about to head a football. That's right. This kit was designed uh, by, I think, a, a seven-year-old in, in, in Italy. The club is Pescara. Their badge has a dolphin on it already. And this child was obviously inspired by uh, the dolphin on the badge to include a heading... A, a, a football heading dolphin with is that the is the rainbow thing you know we're doing it for the nhs is that something in italy as well do you think oh i have no idea joel what do you think no i just think kids like rainbows <laughs> like rainbows. <laughs> so they are going to wear this kit next next year Owen. wow are they a big team they're they're a professional team that play in a in a all-seater huge stadium yeah they're they're they're, they're a proper team that is excellent. In fairness, I'd rather that than any other kit. Oh, 100%. Rainbows. Heaven. 
I'm supporting them next year. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. We're all going to move. <laughs> when, the, when, the, when the movement ban, movement ban? That's not how that English works. When, <laughs> when this is all over and lockdown's over, the three of us are moving to Pescara in Italy. It's Lovely. Like, amazing. Yeah, great. Love a bit of Italy, uh, right? So moving on to 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 my half of the uh, of the questions, the more classic half of the questions, rather than this Thank week's you. half. Um, you're not going to have heard of any of the answers to these, I realise, but I found them funny. Uh, so questions four and five are both about famous football quotes. Question four: Who once said, "We didn't underestimate them, but they were a lot better than we thought." Right. And this isn't multiple choice, is it? No. It is, it is, it is. Oh, right. I was like, come on. <laughs> I'm just leaving a gap for people to hear that sentence. Uh, is it A, Bobby Robson, B, Ali McCoist, or C, Sven Goran Eriksson? Wow. Okay, good multiple choice options, Joel. Bobby Robson, <laughs> Ali McCoist, or Sven Goran Eriksson? So Bobby Robson... <clears throat> Sounded like an all right sound, but I, I don't know. I don't think so. Or slash, that's probably my gut, but we're not going with it. Um, the hoist man, number B. McCoist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have heard of that, but I, I'm going to go Sven. That sounds like a very Sven thing to say. They were good, but he didn't. He doesn't have that voice. But I think Sven Gornetson, Joel, is what I'm going to go with. So on the on the version of it where it's like, oh, the English is a bit bad. We didn't underestimate them, but they were a lot better than we thought. You went for the only non-English speaker. Ah. Uh, no, it's fine. That's logical. I like your logic. The answer okay. was A, Bobby Robson. Uh, oh, I told you. Shouldn't have ignored my gut. I knew it was Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it was when he was managing the Magpies. So there you go. Nice uh, round, round circular thought process there yes uh uh obviously underestimating and thinking someone's a lot better than they are uh uh or, or someone being a lot better than you thought they were is, is the same thing um question five <laughs> <laughs> who once said i couldn't settle in italy it was like living in a foreign country oh uh and again can i can i before you give me a multiple choice can i have a guess of course you can but the guess doesn't go through as the answer. We're just having another level of game. Yes. Rowan, if you get it right with a guess, I'll give you three points. Dennis Wise. Was it A, John Charles? <laughs> B, Ian Rush? C, David Platt? Or D, Dennis Wise? <laughs> I'll go with D, Dennis Wise. <laughs> no. Um, John Charles, Ian Rush, David Platt, and it definitely wasn't Dennis Wise. <laughs> um, I don't like the sound of A again, but then again, that's making me think that I should go for it. So I'm going to go for Platt. So you didn't go for Welshman John Charles or Welshman Ian Rush. You went for Englishman David Platt. I like the, the process of elimination. All three of them did play in Italy as well. So Ah, it, what a trickster. Yes, I know. A bit harsh, really. Um, uh, uh, the answer is... Ex-Liverpool legend, Ian Rush. Oh. oh, that's who I thought it was going to be. Yeah, should have said he it. won't be Italy. rushing back to Italy. No. <laughs> oh, no. And that's funny, listener, because uh, Italy is a foreign country. <laughs> uh, and then finally, <laughs> I'm sort of regretting this uh, line of questioning. Um, 
Uh, question six, and the final question. Uh, okay. and this is worth 12 points, and you'll beat Moran if you get it. Okay. When it comes to football, what positions do Joel and Kyle play? Ooh. Is it A, striker and left winger? B, goalie and left back? C, central defence and centre mid? And just as we're here, I'll do a D as well. Right winger and right back. That's A, striker and left winger. B, goalie and left back. C, central defence and central mid. Or D, right winger and right back. Well, I think we can take away D because there's nothing right about you, you two. <laughs> oh, that was meant to be like politically, you're right as humans. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> let's take out D. <laughs> um, and you play, right, I see what you've done there. Okay, what positions? So oh yeah, one of us plays in one and the other plays in the other. <laughs> That was very confusing. I thought one, like I thought you played the both played two positions on the same ones. I thought, what are the chances? But it's one of each. Yeah. I could kind of see Kyle being in goal, but hating it. Oh. The tension is palpable. This is for all of the points. Yeah. This is this. The stakes are high. Okay. So number number one was striker and left back. Striker and left winger. Goalie and left back. Central defence and central midfield. I'm between A and C. That means I've missed out goalie. But I think one of you would want to... Either, either you're both just central people just mediating the ball between everyone. <laughs> or... <laughs> one of you wants to be a striker. I can't take this, Roman. Just choose. <laughs> I'm going to go with A. No! Oh, no, I am in fact a goalkeeper and Carl's a left back. Oh, fuck. I, did, I loved your theory though, Roman. Maybe Kyle plays a goal, but he probably wouldn't like it. If I didn't like it, why would it be my position? <laughs> well, because you know, sometimes you're really good at something. It doesn't mean you like being good at it. That's true. That is true. Um, <laughs> and maybe all the other boys are just big bullies. <laughs> like we're really good at doing quizzes for one person at a time. <laughs> And you didn't know you had that skill. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, COVID. So, um, so at the end of all of that, Rowan got no points, but Rowan <laughs> got two points. So the winner, <laughs> our listener, for bearing with us to the end of this quiz. <laughs> Well, thank you as ever, Ro. You know, there's lots to learn there in that quiz and you, you tackled it with bravery, with, uh, with bravado. <laughs> And with some wonderful phrases. I think my favourite was um, the hoist man. <laughs> uh, and as ever, oh. as ever, Rowan, uh, where can our listener find you on your social media if they want more of this unbelievably entertaining nonsense? <laughs> oh, yes, as I am starting a sock soap opera. Um, at Couscous Sister on Instagram and at Romeister8 on Twitter. I think that's right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Romeister A on Twitter and at Couscous Sister on Instagram. It's, isn't it Sister? Okay, so it's Couscous Sister and Romeister 8. Great. <laughs> I've never hated myself more. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I love you two both very much. Thank you for having me on again and for getting oh. the old noggin working. Two nils, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> not quite a hat trick. But we'll take it.
<laughs> yeah. Bye, Ro. Bye, Kyle. Bye, listener. Bye. Bye. That was the Absolute Weldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janota-Bazowski and Amachada Patel. Absolute Weldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeker. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us at Weldy Podcast on Twitter, Absolute Weldy Football Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a line anytime at AbsoluteWeldyPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Oh, that was just fabulous. That was, that was so fun. That was just great. <laughs> Uh, oh, so, uh, that was half an hour of your life you're never getting back, but thank you. <laughs>